Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we have quite the case. The word I'm going to use to describe it is unimaginable. (laughs) We're moving away from our usual one. She really wanted to say doozy, don't let her fool you. (laughs) I literally at the top of my notes, it says in like a header, not a doozy, unimaginable. (laughs) Don't use the word doozy. I spent so long trying to think of another good word to use. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. That's the only word I came up with. Very proud. Well, it's definitely a crazy case we have for you guys today. Hopefully, you uh, buckle in, and we're actually going to take another international trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> across have- the pond. Yeah, across the pond this time. Instead of our neighbors to the north, we're going across the pond. Do you have anything else you want to add before I dive right into it? Nope. Payton can take it away from here. Okay. At the end of March 2013, Cambridgeshire, England, made headlines all across the UK when a body in a ditch was discovered just outside the city of Peterborough. In the next few days, there would be two more bodies discovered, all three of which were dumped unceremoniously in ditches in the same area. All three victims were males and were stabbed to death. This was quite a shock as it definitely appeared there was a serial killer on the loose working quite quickly and it was up to investigators to catch this person before there were more victims. The first victim discovered was Kevin Lee on March 30th, 2013. Kevin was a 48-year-old property developer and manager and a family man. It was discovered he was murdered the day before he was found, March 29th, and he was found near the town of Newborough and was wearing a sequined black dress. The second and third victims were found left in the same ditch together just miles away from the first one on April 3rd. One of these men was, and I'm going to apologize if I butcher his last name, Lucas Slabazuski. I think that was right. It's a very Polish name, and it makes sense because he was a 31-year-old Poland national who had actually just recently moved to England to find work. The other victim was John Chapman, a 58-year-old Falklands War veteran who had six stab wounds to his neck and chest. A murder investigation was quickly launched upon discovering Kevin Lee's body, and this was an in-depth look into his personal life and associates with one person becoming a clear person of interest right away. This per- that person was Johanna Dehany. So who is Johanna? I did an in-depth look at her, and I'm just going to forewarn everyone, is it's a lot. <laughs> she is a lot. She is a lot. This is 
there are certain parts, you know, in every episode where we're like, oh, go check out our social media page to make sure you see the pictures associated. I'm telling you right now, you have to see the pictures of her that have circulated around the internet. (laughs) Yes, they're definitely a must. I agree with that. I was like, (laughs) all right, this is a crazy ass bitch. Yes. So Johanna was born in 1982 and grew up in a seemingly stable home in Hertfordshire, England, with both her parents and her sister. Man, I'll tell you this. I looked up so many different maps of the UK and England to understand where all these were and if they were counties or cities or villages. So I'm going to apologize in advance if I say any of them incorrectly, but I think they're mostly straightforward. Or if I misspeak on any of it, I tried to educate myself. According to her mother, Johanna was a very sensitive and caring girl from a young age, always gentle as could be. However, by the age of 15, there was quite a change in her and her behavior was very different than what her parents saw growing up. At the age of 15, she had run away from home and she actually never returned. But shortly before running away, she began to self-harm, focusing on cutting her stomach with a razor blade and had frequent outbursts, mostly pointed at her mother, that were very angry and violent. Right before she ran away, Johanna met a man while in the park. His name was John Trainer. This chance meeting while John was walking his dog would actually begin a 12-year on-again, off-again relationship despite their age difference, and John was six years older than her. They would later on live together and have two daughters together, but meanwhile... Johanna would fall deeper into her drug and alcohol addictions. The two of them had a very tumultuous relationship. Her drug addiction and erratic behavior, which consisted of manipulation and abuse, eventually grew tiresome for John. He left and took their two children with him, leaving Johanna broke and homeless. According to John, she was volatile, dangerous, and unrepentant of her actions. According to a lot of their neighbors when they lived together that came forward after she was arrested, their relationship, like volatile is a great word to use from it. They constantly saw John with black eyes. Neighbors witnessed her hitting him with a cricket bat in the backyard frequently. There was constantly police there for noise complaints. I was like, she was abusive. I'm really happy that you mentioned the cricket bat because I read that and I was like, what in the hell? Oh, I read that earlier. It was like, that's insane. <laughs> yes. Absolutely it's, insane. It's not like a child bat either. Like, that's, that hurts. <laughs> yes, that's a, a big bat. And it sounded like from those reports from her neighbors, she also was not very motherly. According to an interview with John himself, he had said when she first got pregnant at 17, he was thrilled. She was not. And she did not want the baby. There are pictures of her holding her. And 
she like looks very uninterested. It was it was sad to read because it I feel very bad for those two girls who grew up in the home, but it sounds like the oldest was maybe nine or ten when they left, but the youngest was still a baby. Mm-hmm. I did read another thing that the the neighbor just because we're on the neighbors sections throw it in there now oh yeah um, hit me with it <laughs> the neighbor had said that one of she had shaved one of the girl's daughters when they were younger and basically said it was because she had like lice or something or like bugs in her hair and no one believed her they just thought she was like drunk and just decided to shave the daughter's head for no oh, reason oh yeah oh yeah so it was very not a motherly no uh, relationship at all she yeah constantly drunk what they say she was constantly stumbling down the street when even walking the children Yo, she had collapsed in the the churchyard one night and just slept there overnight she'd just like disappear for days and would be like in a drunken state somewhere in the area oh yeah and she was constantly cheating on john so definitely a very it wasn't a great situation for him so i don't think anyone blames him for leaving and taking the kids (laughs) well absolutely not (laughs) uh yeah because i mean anyone would do that (laughs) When John left, Johanna then turned to petty theft in order to survive, and she was often living on the streets. Eventually, it did land her in jail in 2012, and during this stint in jail, she was psychologically evaluated and placed on antipsychotic medications due to her rage and personality issues. She was actually diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, which puts her joining the ranks of Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy. When Johanna was released from jail, she seemingly tried to get her life together at first. She was got she got her own apartment, which she rented from Kevin Lee, and she actually began to assist Kevin in collecting rent, basically becoming his enforcer, collecting rent and monies owed from tenants who have not paid. So she had her own place, a steady income, and right around this time, her and Kevin Lee entered into a sexual relationship as well. Between the stable life she had and the power she felt from being an enforcer, Johanna decided to stop taking her antipsychotic medications. However, Johanna's erratic behavior had really just begun, and she would soon begin a horrible spree of murders and attacks. The first that took place was actually that of Lucas, who was someone Johanna had met around town. Lucas received a text from her inviting him over, and he is actually interested in potentially pursuing a relationship with her, so he excitedly went to her apartment on March 19th. The two enjoyed a meal together and were talking, drinking, and telling stories when Johanna decided to play a game, and she started by blindfolding Lucas. Once blindfolded, Johanna actually reached for a knife and stabbed Lucas directly in the chest right through the heart. At this point, she realized she could not move his own 
his body on her own, so she called a friend for assistance. Gary Richards, a.k.a. Gary Stretch. I, at first I was reading this and I was like, why is he called Gary Stretch? Um, This man was over like seven feet tall. A literal giant. A literal giant. <laughs> My like 5'4 ass can't even comprehend that, but... <laughs> No, he was definitely a stretch, for sure. Yeah. So, Gary was a well-known criminal in the area who Johanna had spent a lot of time with within the last few months. He was also enamored with her and claimed he would do anything for her. What the fuck is up with all these people who would do anything for this crazy-ass woman? We're going to see more of them, and it's just mind-blowing. It's literally what I was thinking. I was like, why are there so many people that are so attracted to this crazy psychopath? Like, what? Like, her behavior is clearly scary. So Mm -hmm. I'm so confused. And she just got, like, a whole fan club following her around. Literally. And it doesn't stop here with these crimes either. We'll talk about it in a little bit, folks. (laughs) So Gary showed up to her apartment with another friend, Leslie Layton who both showed no horror at the scene or what was being asked for them, asked of them, and they two men moved the body to a wheelie bin outside of a separate apartment building nearby. Days later, they would return and remove Lucas's body from the bin, drove out to the countryside, and left his body in a ditch. The second victim was John Chapman, who also written who also rented an apartment from Kevin Lee in the same building as Johanna. On March 28th, just nine days after she killed Lucas in cold blood, Johanna showed up to John's apartment with free alcohol and asked if he wanted to have a drink with her. John was never known to turn down a drink, so he definitely let her in, and once inside, the two drank and talked until John passed out. As soon as he was passed out, Johanna stabbed him six times in the neck and the chest. At this point in time, she then called her trusted companions, Gary and Leslie, who helped remove John's body and left him in the same ditch as Lucas. Within hours of her murdering John, Johanna felt the urge to kill again. So she then texted Kevin Lee and asked him to come over to her apartment. While there, the two enjoyed themselves, and Johanna yet again decided to play a game with Kevin, this time by dressing him in one of her dresses and then stabbing him repeatedly in the chest. Unfortunately, Kevin did not die instantly as the other two did. It took several minutes for him to die, and then again... His body was left in a different ditch about seven miles away from the two others. This time, she decided to pose him in a humiliating way. Fortunately for the public, though, Kevin's body was discovered the next day on March 30th. And as mentioned, that murder investigation was quickly unfolding. Upon learning that Kevin's body was found, Johanna and Gary quickly left town, heading to Norfolk. On April 2nd in Norfolk, Gary and Johanna committed a robbery and decided to try the st- <laughs> I can't speak. Decided to try to sell the stolen goods for cash. 
the best way Gary knew how was contacting an old friend, Mark Lloyd. Mark Lloyd found himself in a horrible situation. Johanna told him all of her crimes and how Gary disposed of the bodies, as well as that she intended to kill more. She was not done by any means. I mean, from all reports of Mark, he was, the two of them were laughing and joking about it and just making jokes about the whole thing. So, yes, Mark was definitely not in an ideal situation and started kind of fearing for his own safety, which I think anyone could relate because if you're listening to two crazy people joke about killing people, you would also feel very uncomfortable. So he agreed to take them to a meeting place to sell the stolen goods, but that was all he wanted apart it. Unfortunately, Mark was in the back of the car while Gary and Johanna were cruising the streets of Norfolk when Gary points out a man in the street. Within moments, Johanna hopped out of the car, ran up to 64-year-old Robin Bereza, and stabbed him in the shoulder. 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 (laughs) Making her way back to the car while he fell to the ground. They kept cruising around, and the next person they came across was 57-year-old John Rogers, who was out walking his dog. Just nine minutes after Johanna stabbed Robin, she attacked John and stabbed him over 40 times before running back to the car with his dog. Not only did you stab this man 40 times, you stole his fucking dog. (laughs) Literally took the dog. This bitch is so mean. (laughs) So the good news here, though, both these men of the random stabbing survived and were able to describe to police a distinctive star tattoo on their female assailant's face, which immediately made police realize the woman who committed these crimes was the same one they were looking for in Kevin Lee's murder. It's a very distinctive tattoo. Again, I tell you, Go look at her social media pages. Johanna was tracked down and arrested along with Gary Stretch. This is the part that had me mind blown. According to all reports, she was happy and carefree even while being arrested. While being escorted to the cells, it was also widely reported that she was singing, I'm singing in the rain. Oh my God. (laughs) So again... This woman is crazy. I did watch a video and she was like uh, flirting with the police officers like after she got arrested. (laughs) Oh, I bet. Because that's how she thinks she gets like her way with things. Yes. So what was Johanna's motives in these crimes? She did not rob her victims or torture them. Seemingly not requiring any from anything from them. I will say originally reading this too, and I know I sent that when I said this to you, Sid, when I sent you the article, is it like kind of gave me Eileen Wernos vibes. But Eileen robbed her victims. So like she at least killed them to take their money and like stuff. That is not what Johanna wanted. Apparently, she stated she killed Lucas to see how it would feel and decided she enjoyed it, so she wanted to continue. When Johanna was actually confessing to Mark Lloyd of her crimes, she told him she wanted to kill 
nine men in total, just like Bonnie and Clyde. And she also told them she specifically targeted men. She did not want to kill any woman, let alone a woman with children. Which I thought was really interesting, knowing her relationship with her children was non-existent. That's what I thought was interesting, too. Like, the relationship that she had with her kids, and then, like, the relationship she had with, like, her mom. Like, you would think that it would almost be the opposite, and that she would go after women. Because, yeah. It would, like, make more sense, because that's yeah. to not get along with the most. Yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense to me at all. I can't wrap my mind around that. <laughs> I can't wrap my mind around any of this, to be honest, because it's <laughs> literally insane. True, very true. And don't worry, folks, it's not over. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> On May 8th, Johanna was charged with the murder of Kevin Lee and the two attempted murders of Robin Bereza and John Rogers. At first, the two additional murders of John Chapman and Lucas Slabowski, my best guess, were not linked to Johanna. Uh, eventually, the text evidence on Lucas's phone and the fact that John was a neighbor were all kind of linked together. So they were added as additional charges. And the evidence is quite compelling. There was a lot of circumstantial evidence, such as like the relationships to the victims, but it was also the fact that she used the same knife in all attacks. So those stab wounds were consistent with all her victims. And she was found to have the knife on her when she was arrested. During her court hearing, Johanna showed zero remorse, reportedly smirking often and seemingly acted, acting cold-blooded to the whole thing and had zero interest in it. On November 21st, she actually changed her mind and pled guilty to all charges, even shocking her own attorneys, and was immediately sent to the Old Bailey in London for sentencing. On February 24th, 2014, Johanna was sentenced to life behind bars. The judge stated that Johanna showed a complete lack of remorse, zero empathy, and was a sadomachic sadomasochist who should never be released. Johanna became the third woman in UK history to receive life imprisonment without the chance of parole. Sydney, when you were doing this, did you see the other two women who were listed? In, like, the UK? Yeah. Like, the only other two women to ever receive life imprisonment without parole. And I can... Picture the one lady's face, and it's gonna piss me off. Can you just tell me the names? I can picture the one lady. She's got the sink. She's got the short hair and the skinny face. So there were two. Um, Rosemary West. So that was the other half of the Fred and Rose West cases, or case, I guess. Mm-hmm. And her and her husband were serial killers, targeting young women and abusing their own children. And then the other one was Myra Hinley. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> I'm like, I can picture her face. Which I'm pretty sure was my, one of my recent trivia questions. Um, so I thought it was very fitting. But uh, yeah, she also, her and her boyfriend were serial killers and targeted young children in the UK. And they're actually really messed up stories too. So Johanna's 
in the crowd of like not great fucking women. <laughs> They're pretty awful. <laughs> Gary Stretch also received a life sentence for his crimes, and Leslie Layton received a sentence of 14 years for his involvement of disposing the three bodies. While she was remanded for trial, the prison staff where she was being held actually found an escape plan in her diary, which consisted of cutting off a guard's finger to use it to access the biometric system in the prison to release everything. Oh my god. I was like, she literally knows no bounds. Like, she doesn't care. That's something you probably shouldn't write down, though. You should keep that to yourself if you're yeah, but trying to... It backfired on her because due to the threat of potential violence and escape, she was held in solitary confinement from September 2013 to September 2015. Yeah, that's pretty shitty for her then. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, solitary confinement's not an easy thing, so... Oh, well, she claims she suffered a lot of mental health damage because of it. I mean, she was already unstable. In 2018, Johanna actually petitioned prison authorities so she could marry her cellmate, Haley Palmer, who was serving a 16-year prison sentence, which apparently was granted, but they never married. Uh, And it the article I read was, like, apparently to her family's dismay as well because they really did not like Johanna and did not want her influencing their daughter, which is fair. (laughs) Apparently, later that year, it was discovered that the two had entered into a suicide pact, but both had failed at their attempts. So, I guess that's good, at least. In June of 2020, it was report- reported that Johanna was dating another fellow inmate, Emma Atkin, who was serving a 12-year sentence for her part in a murder and disposal murder and setting a body on fire outside of a social club alongside her father and boyfriend at the time. So another real winner here, it sounds like. The article I read was, like, it was happening in June of 2020. So, during COVID, the prison was pretty much on lockdown. But apparently, Johanna would leave to do her laundry and then would wander into the kitchen with her girlfriend. And they were, like, cooking truffles and, like, doing all this stuff. And, like, no one confronted her because they were all scared of her. (laughs) Go figure. And I was like, oh, so she just is living in prison doing whatever the fuck she wants, apparently. Yeah, that's pretty messed up, too. The most recent news I have is from July of this year, 2021. Um, it It's just an update. So she had, in 2019, been moved to a different prison. She was apparently at a one that was not as intense, and now the current prison she's at Low Newton Prison in County Durham is pretty more intense, uh, but it doesn't sound like it because that's where she's just doing wherever the fuck she wants. 
But apparently it's come out that she had been moved to a different prison because of her relationship or potential relationship with a correction officer. So there was a raid of this officer's home. He was suspected in sexual assault. They raided his home and they found love letters that she penned to him that were sexually explicit in nature. And they were in his home. So he took them with him (laughs) and he never reported her advances. So she had been moved to another prison and he reportedly was no longer working at that prison while he was being looked into on federal charges. Isn't that fucking wild? (laughs) That is really fucking wild. My mouth dropped a little bit. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure... I saw at one point, but I couldn't find the article when I was looking again, that she was, like, penning these, like, sexually explicit love letters in her own blood. Uh. I'm, like, 90% positive, because it was, like, erotic fan fiction is what they described it as, but I couldn't find the article, so don't hold me to that, folks. <laughs> what the hell? And then the only fun fact I have, since I already actually mentioned it kind of, when she was moved in 2019 to the different prison, the prison she was moved to is actually where Rosemary West was being held still, and she threatened to kill her, which I thought was really interesting because that was just like one of the few other women that have received that life imprisonment without parole. What the fuck? I'm yeah. Gonna kill her. Well, they actually were so worried about the threat that they relocated and moved Rosemary West to a different prison. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yeah. Well, and she committed her crimes forever ago, like 60s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Early 70s, maybe they got caught. So I think it's really interesting that she's made it through this whole time. And now they're like, oh, this bitch crazy. I'm moving. We're moving Rosemary West. Yeah, we're going to save a murderer from another murderer. (laughs) Literally. Well, that's all I got. I know you have some fun facts that I missed as well. Yes. Um, It's one thing that I didn't see that you mentioned. Um, After she had killed her second victim, John Chapman. Or was he the third victim? I have it as the second victim, but now I'm questioning myself. Yeah, he is the second. He okay. The second. <laughs> um, so after she had stabbed him and killed him, she made a call to a friend and saying, oops, I did it again by Britney Spears. I literally hate everything about what you just told me. <laughs> I did not see that. I would have been so pissed, Sydney. <laughs> fuck? When I read it, I literally like started laughing and I was like, I feel like I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do here. Like, this is so fucked up. I feel like I can never listen to that song again. Like, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Uh, I, it's true. I'm, and then you had mentioned too, like, when she went into, when they had arrested her, she was singing too. So, apparently, that's her favorite pastime. What the fuck? There's definitely a, a trail there. Um,. Another thing I guess that really stuck out to me, and I read a bunch of articles about it, was her oldest daughter, it's Cheyenne, basically, I think, with an S, but it's spelled different, or Cheyenne, um, 
So she was like I, 11. I didn't even see her daughter's name when I was oh, reading it. So. Oh. <laughs> so she was like 11 when her mom got arrested and was really concerned when she got arrested, basically, that she was going to turn into her mom. Um, and basically, th- like, thought she was destined to term- turn out the same. And so, in a lot of different... There's a lot of articles, like, with her now. And she mentions, like, how worried she was and, like, all the mental problems, like, that she had to go through and, like, going to counseling to basically say that she doesn't want to become a murderer, even though she never showed, like, any signs that she was going to follow in her mom's footsteps. It was all just, like, a mental thing that she assumed that was she had to turn out that way, which I thought was yeah. really interesting. Yeah, and also really sad because... So, I don't... I think we've mentioned it before, but, like, you know, a, a killer, when they take someone, like, a victim... Not only is it the victim and their family and friends that suffer, but when all of this comes out, it's also this killer's family that are indirect victims as well. So their whole lives are turned upside down. And these these two poor young daughters just, like, didn't even know who a monster of a, like, mother they were, she was. They hadn't seen her in years. That's true, too. You know, they didn't have much of a relationship with her, so then... To hear, like, oh, yeah, your mom just killed all these people and attempted to kill all these other people. Might yeah, hit you a little harder. Tra- that's traumatic as fuck. Mm-hmm. Wow. That poor daughter. Yep, she's very vocal about it. There's lots of interviews out there. Uh, like, pretty recent ones, too. I'll have to find them, because I was reading ones from, like, summaries of interviews with the father Mm -hmm. and Johanna's ex-boyfriend who was kind of talking a little bit about it but it was years ago it wasn't anything more recent it was not long after she was arrested gotcha well damn anything else I missed (laughs) no that's all I have it was a lot. Things. I had to I had to stop reading stuff because there's like a lot of crazy shit that has happened while she's been in prison too. Mm-hmm. But I just like I couldn't read more about it because everything new. I was like, this bitch is crazy. She's very crazy. I liked how many like details though they were able to share. And like I feel like there was a lot of smaller details and you know, she was hitting her ex boyfriend with a cricket bat. Like, yeah. specifically what song she was singing, like, things like that, which are pieces that I feel like you don't get in other cases, and it really helps bring the whole story together. Yeah. Well, and it was fairly recent. That murder spree happened, you know, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, it really wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. It'll be, I'll be interested to see you know, where she is and what happens to her within the next five years because it looks like every year it's something new that happens while she's in prison. (laughs) Who fucking knows? I'm sure that that's probably not going to (laughs) change. I mean, even Charles Manson, like, the last year of his life was, like, set to be married. So, I mean, it happens. Mm -hmm. That's very true. But that one didn't go through because they apparently were, he found out she was just trying to marry him so then she could sell his body off when he died. I hate it here. 
I don't fucking know, man. People are I insane. Don't get it. <laughs> Literally insane. Yeah, so that's those are my final thoughts too. People are fucking insane. Um <laughs> folks, Moral I think you mentioned it before. Please stay on your medication. <laughs> um you know, John had said, like, she obviously was very volatile and stuff like that. But in one of those summaries I read, he had talked about, like, just, like, throughout the years, her drug and alcohol addiction just, like, really took hold. And by the time he left her, who she was then and who she was when they first got together, you know, 12 years before, were, like, night and day from completely different people. And she mm-hmm. was, like, terrifying. And it's really sad because... I don't want to say it could have been prevented because we never really truly know, but she definitely didn't help herself. And um, folks, if you're noticing signs of this around someone, you're you're around someone, please don't enable them by giving them more drugs and alcohol. That's true. That's pretty true. Yeah. Moral of the story, she was crazy. Um, I've never heard of her before. I don't know how I stumbled upon her like weeks ago, but I literally wrote it down instantly because I was like, this bitch is fucking insane. I've never heard of her. And I didn't I've, either. I've heard a lot of the big UK cases, but this was one I just never had heard before. And it's, like I said, fairly recent. That was like another thing. Like, I guess maybe I just don't really pay attention to the cases over there because I had never heard of this. Well, and I listen to a lot of other podcasts, and so I've heard, like, the big ones, um, and I've heard, you know, Fred and Rosemary West, I've heard Myra Hinley, and I've heard all of those ones, even I've heard a little bit, but not quite about Dennis Nielsen, who I'm pretty sure is from the UK, but Mm -hmm. he's, he's the new one that has the pod, or the show out on Netflix that just came out. Yep, I just watched that yesterday. So I've heard, like, some of the big ones, but this one, I was just like, this bitch is, it's a whole nother level. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Yes. Also, I'll say again, please go check out our social media because (laughs) the pictures just, like, emphasize this. (laughs) Yes, it won't be as meaningful if you don't check out the pictures. Yes. You won't understand fully. (laughs) um all right Sid you got a joke and a fact for me I do which one do you hear first um let's go joke first I think this was a pretty fucking wild so we'll we want a joke I think the joke kind of goes along with our case today too um (laughs) why did the Mexican food go to counseling why to taco about his feelings. Oh my god. I literally g- I thought about it as soon as I said why. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to taco about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's give him something to taco about. <laughs> That's Dang a good one. That was a good. It's a good one. I'm All usually right. not that quick on my toes. I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> I know, that's why I couldn't give you a long time to think about it, because otherwise you would have said it, and it would have been lame. <laughs> okay, hit me with the uh, fact. Um, In 2018, to celebrate the 70th anniversary of the invention of the margarita, 
the Selena Rosa restaurant in New York City created a what they called the silk stacking margarita, which cost $2,500 and is considered to be the most expensive margarita that was ever out there. Um, the reason that what made it so expensive for this small little drink was that it was made with a, oh God, Classa Azul Ultra Anio Tequila, which costs over $1,500 for just like seven, a 750 of it. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what brought that price up to $2,500 for just a little margarita glass. I saw a picture, too, and it, it was literally, like, smaller than a what I would consider a typical margarita to be. And I was like, damn, they're really getting cheap with the pours. That's insane. <laughs> right. It's I, like, don't understand why someone would even pay that much for it. Like, it's got to be amazing. Just to say they had it. Literally, that has to be it. Like, rimmed with gold or something? It's not. It's rimmed with Mexican salts, but... It'd be a lot cooler if it was. Facts. Garnished with a slice of gold. (laughs) You can take it home. (laughs) Literally. Uh, Well, I'll give you uh, the answer to my... Trivia question last week. Yes. So my question was, Ian Brady was the male partner of a pair of serial killers who terrorized the Lancashire area of England. What was the name of his accomplice? Beverly Allitt, Carla Homolka, Catherine Knight, Myra Hindley. Uh, it's clearly Myra. I, as I mentioned, she was one of the other women to ever receive the life imprisonment without chance of parole. I'm also, I guess by the time this episode comes out, we, as I mentioned before, we'll also have our TikTok page up and running. I think I'm, our first one will be posted today, actually. Um, but... So because of that, uh, I also would recommend checking out our TikTok page for the simple fact that we are going to have things posted on there, like about trivia questions and the videos to summarize them. So I think that would be a fun place to check it out if you're interested in hearing more about those trivia questions. Do it. Uh, It's at Tacos and Tequila Podcast on TikTok. And on Facebook to like and follow us there. It's Tacos and Tequila on Instagram. And our website is tacosandtequilapodcast.com. And if you have a story to tell, you should message us. Yes, we're looking to do more episodes with like guest hosts telling us your crazy creepy stories or if you are from an area that has like a lot of legends or hauntings or cryptids or a serial killer we want to know the history and what it is so we can do a story and also have you join us so that'd be so fun yes so any ideas you have let us know yeah i think that's it am i missing anything else no i think that's it 
Well, we have some fun stuff coming in the works. I keep saying that. I swear to freaking God it's going to happen, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually, by the time this episode comes out the weekend before, I am visiting Sydney in Chicago and Wisconsin. We're going to make a fun weekend of it. So we're going to have some cool stuff coming from for you guys about that trip and what we're going to see and do and potentially a mini episode recorded live from somewhere we've already discussed. Yes, 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 yes. So stay tuned. It'll be so fun. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Hit us up on social media if you think we know where we're going to record. Yes. We want to want to hear your guesses. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's all we have, folks. So have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!